Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. This is the start of a special new series over the next few weeks on the show, uh, which uh, we have called Mickey Max Music Memories. And Michael McNamara, the man himself, joins me in the studio. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe, and thank you very much indeed for having me. How are you? <laughs> very well indeed. <laughs> now, we're going to have a bit of fun with this over yeah. the next few weeks, aren't we? Looking forward to it. I mean, Limerick is such an amazing city and Limerick County, it's such an amazing musical county. And over the next few weeks, I want to remind people, um, I mean, I've been in as a disc jockey in this city since 1968. Started off as Mike Rave and then went on to become Mickey Mack when I, when I joined uh, Radio 2 and 2FM. But throughout my life story, I think I, ha- I have been at so many amazing events. I mean, I, I was there uh, to see Granny's Intentions appear live at Post Office Lane. I was there uh, at U2 the night they were discovered at the Stella, which, by the way, is... 39 years ago next week. By God, we have a big 40th anniversary. Um, I was there to witness the Great Monarch Show Band. What a marvellous band they were. The first of the real big bands. Richard Harris. I met Richard Harris the night MacArthur Park entered the Luxembourg Top 20 in Kilkee. I'll be telling you a wonderful story about that. I'll also be reminding you about the great work that Paddy Brennan, that great music historian, has done at the Limerick Rock and Roll Club. The history of some of the great bands, venues, the Jetland, the Stella, the Cruises. Now, by the way, do any of the listeners remember where the fog was? The Fogabala, out in Bally Simon. And I'm sure there are one or two listeners who will probably be out in touch with the programme and remind us about that. So I've got some, some really good stories to tell. How did you get the radio bug? Well, I I went to the Crescent, um, which I went to where John John O'Halloran's tutorial is now, and um, I was very lucky. The Jesuits were winning. I mean, I remember being just taught by Jesuits. I'm that old. But uh, I remember Father O'Dowling saying to me, look, McNamara, the old Latin isn't great, but I think you might get into broadcasting. And Wogan sat in that desk. And by the way, over there, Richard Harris sat there. So I went home and said to my mother, my gosh, I think I'll go on for the broadcasting. And I suppose I, I, I got the bug. I, I started listening. You must remember we were starved of radio in those days in Limerick. I mean, youngsters growing up in Limerick in 1965, 66 and 67 while the Beatles have taken over the world in the UK and the Who and the, the Kinks um, we only had two hours pop on Irish Radio Erin like I mean just think about it so what we had to do was tune into Radio Luxembourg 208 metres on the medium wave and listen to DJs like Barry Aldous Tony Prince and Alan Freeman but the problem was it was on medium wave and in the summertime. You couldn't get it until about 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Unless you were in Kilkee. I discovered, by the way, when I was down in Kilkee, walking up along by the Marine Parade, medium wave or AM came up when you were near water. And it happened the same then as if you went down by the River Shannon with your tranny in the 60s, you got Radio Luxembourg. And there were, I met guys walking down there with jeepers. I'm waiting for Tony Prince to come on with his... Hit pick for the week. I mean, I remember in order to get soccer full times in the 60s, you wouldn't be able to... Radio Ireland hadn't got them until 7 o'clock. John O'Shaughnessy used to put them up in the Limerick Leader, actually, a big printout in the Limerick Leader office. But many of us went down by the Shannon with our transistors to get the great sports report from Radio 2 
And, and isn't it ironic that your son now, <laughs> yeah. Connor, Connor, is a commentator yeah. with the BBC yeah. on football? I mean, yeah. talk about that change. I, I, I was actually saying that to him. You know, you were you heard you heard the voice of Peter Bromley, that wonderful football voice coming into Limerick. Uh, but in the summertime, because luckily it's just a football. I mean, it got dark at five, five, five and six o'clock. So I really, I suppose, was bitten by the bug. Listen to Alan Freeman on Radio Luxembourg, and said, "This is what I really want to do." But how am I going to do it? And you must remember that in those days in Limerick, we, 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 we had to go out and buy records and we had to buy the Musical Express and, and Melody Maker to find out what was happening. The show bands were beginning to finish. I mean, 66, 67, all of a sudden people were asking, what's next? I mean, we were hitting the end of the, the big show band boom. Now, they did go on until about 68 or 69. So I, I suppose I um, met a lot of guys in Clancy's record store and in... Brian Toohey and his father's record store, Savins. And on a Saturday afternoon, we went in and we were listening. They used to have little booths and we were listening to vinyl. I mean, think of it today as you Spotify your world. We went in to Clancy's record store in O'Connell Street and we and were so kind they allowed us to listen to stuff. Michael, talk to me about Motown. Yeah, well, of course, I, I became um, fascinated by Motown music and um, uh, Atlantic stacks. This was the music that I think is, came out of Detroit. And I felt Limerick was like Detroit because there were so many of my friends were into music. And Barry Gordy Jr. got the kids off the streets in Detroit and taught them how to sing, gave them a fantastic big band, taught them how to dress even down to the how to hold their knife and fork. And he created what to me is still one of the most marvellous music genres. And I want to just give you a little demonstration, if I may, of one of the most beautiful, to me, after all my years of listening to, to pop music, this to me is still the most outstanding record. It's the voice of Levi Stubbs, the four tops. Listen to the production, listen to everything about Baby, I Need Your Loving. hear the clarity there can't you absolutely magnificent and you can imagine so i got my very first gig in post office lane now you know commons garage gallery in post office lane well that was a beat club called the big c it was also called taboo it was also called the go-go there was another beat club then we're talking about 1966 67 68 there was also another beat club above by the um mechanics institute right and it was called uh, the go-go club was and here but i anyway I went down and knocked on the door and I met the manager and I said, look, can I go in and play a few records before the big band on Saturday night? And he said, come on in, so. And I played Baby, I Need Your Loving by the Four Tops. And there were 200 mods and that's who they really were, dancing that wonderful Northern, you know, you've seen the film on Northern Soul and we in that particular room. And who was the band that night but Orphanage with Phil in it, The Brush, 
and they were so here I was I mean it was just a magical moment and by the way the following week up at the Mechanics Institute Van the Man arrived with them played Gloria and the following week Henry McCulloch the only Irish man ever to play at Woodstock he played with Air Apparent before going on to join Joe Cocker he did the wonderful lead guitar bit on with a little help from my friends this was all happening in Limerick, Joe, in the 60s. And you mentioned the show bands were still doing their thing, weren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, the show bands were flying it in the Stella and in the Jetland, and there were show bands in the Royal George. There was the Airlines Club and the Onoega Club, a wonderful dance run by Tony Cunnerty and Jim Sadlier every week to raise money for Onoega. There was dancing to Bud Clancy in the Cruises Hotel. But the Jetland was, of course, the mecca, and it was owned by um, Albert... Reynolds, the Taoiseach, and his brother Jim from Longford. And what people, when you're shopping in the Jetland, just remember that Johnny Cash played there. Roy Orbison played there. Engelbert Humperdinck appeared. And, of course, it got its name because of the airport and the Reynolds brothers. They created ballrooms all over the country and they always ended in land. And they said, you will open the one in Limerick to be Jetland. And that's how the Jetland Shopping Centre got its name. Really? Yeah, yeah. Tell me the story of Limerick's granny's intentions. Well, of course, I was, um, you know, Limerick was cre- well, had created so many wonderful bands as such. I mean, here's an ad from the Limerick leader. Are you a mod? Right. This is like 50, 50 years ago. Are you a mod? And you can see there uh, the Coney Cats, um, some people, the intentions, and DJ Danny Hughes. Now, this is happening above at the Cavalier Club for Five, Bob. And uh, I must mention the Coney Cats. They were a great Limerick band. I remember um, Elvio Nardoni was in the band, Ollie, Ollie Burns, Mike Hanley, um, Paddy Taylor. But um, at the same time, Johnny Doohan was putting together a group in, in, in um, Wolfton Street, and they were called The Intentions. And the original members of the Intentions were Johnny Doohan from, from Wolfton Street. Johnny, of course, went on to write The Voyage. Uh, Cha Haran, who you know, of course. Uh, Joe Heelan, John Ryan, uh, Jack Costello and Guido DeVito. And then they were joined by Johnny Hoggarty. Of course, you know Johnny, the, probably the greatest guitar player this city ever produced. And um, they went on to start playing Motown tracks. So it was so cool. They went to England and they signed to Derham Records. Now, that was the cool young people's records that Decca were running. And on the day they signed, Cat Stevens signed, Procol Harum, uh, Amen Corner. And I said to myself, we are going to have superstars. And, for, and then they went on a tour with some of these Derham artists and all of a sudden the word was coming back. And I mean, in those days you had to buy Melody Maker to read about it. My gosh, Granny's intentions then created um, a sound and I want to just give you a little snippet and it's lovely because we go, this is the, the vinyl copy but here's when you hear this you're going to hear the voice of uh, Johnny Doohan you're going to hear um, the the guitar playing of, of Johnny Hoggarty um, this is recorded in one of the top Decca studios in England it was the flip side of the story of David this thing and a lot of people will smile when they hear this song it's called Sandy's on the phone again Granny's Intentions
fantastic. He sounded like Smokey Robinson there, you know, and the, the, the band. So there was Johnny Hoggerty, we all know. Greg Donahue was on drums. Uh, Johnny Doohan uh, from Wolfton Street. Jack Costello from Janesboro. John Ryan, he was, I think he was an outsider. And I know that Shaharan and, and, uh, and uh, Guido, uh, they may have been involved in, in part of that recording as well. But I must say it's, 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 it's outstanding all those years later. And you said they filled the Jetland. They did. They were the first, when the show bands and Dickie Rock and Joe Dunn were filling the Jetland, the Reynolds decided, let's put the grannies on some Saturday. I, I was there. I don't know how I got in, because I must have been about 15. And Granny's intentions packed the Jetland. And in those days, I mean, it was, all you got was soup, or you could have uh, an orange. <laughs> I mean, that was it. Jams. And then the following weekend, of course, I, my, my life was made. I said, this is the business for me. They were on the Late Late Show, like they were. I must, by the way, mention the Coney Cats also made television. They were a great Limerick band. They made television in the 60s. But God, to get on the Late Late Show and to see see how grannies looked on the Late Late Show. Such, such a special night for Limerick. Mm. Uh, Michael, for younger listeners, what was a mod? Yeah, a mod was kind of, uh, it was really the music you were into. If you were following The Who or The Kinks, uh, it's the way you, you dressed. And you kind of, uh, the rockers were kind of heavier. Probably if you were uh, into The Stones, the more rockers were following The Stones. Now, don't ask me about The Beatles, because I think The Beatles were a bit of both, mods and rockers. But no, the mods were the cool dudes that hang, hung around London, Soho in London, and they went, the, they went into the fashion shops in London. And I remember Cha Harren opened a cool London Soho fashion shop down in Ellen Street in the 60s, and we end, went in. They kind of wore these day-glow colours with long jeans. Cool, I must say. <laughs> and for you, why didn't grannies, for all their talent, go stratospheric? Yeah, I mean, you could hear the talent there. It was, and the reason I play that track is that um, it just stands. You can hear the talent that was Today it stands up. Um, I think they were probably badly advised. They probably needed a financial backer. And, um, I mean, they were just so near. It was so sad. They charted in Ireland. The story of David charted in Ireland. Never an everyday thing also charted in Ireland. But um, I think they were just a bit unlucky. Because, I mean, to this day I can see Johnny doing... Like, he, he, was, he was even better than Jagger on the stage. He had all the Jagger movements. He moved like Jagger, but even better. And his voice was even more soulful than Jagger's. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much Pleasure. for that. I really, really enjoyed that uh, this morning. It's the start of a series we're going to do with you over the next uh, few weeks. And Joe, can I just say, if any of the listeners, <clears throat> you know, if there's any memories of the last... 30, 40 years that they'd love us to talk about and bring up because it, there's so much th this city has so much to be proud about when it comes to music Absolutely well, they can contact us for sure uh, thank you very much to Michael there hope you have a great St. Patrick's weekend as well uh, that is uh, episode one of Mickey Max Music Memories tune in this time next week for the next one Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.